But there's also a few other things have come to mind that I just really wanted to learn a little bit more about because um, there's, there's two subjects I think we haven't touched on yet, which is one, as a disabled golfer, um, what access to, do you have in terms of the equipment that you would have in the bag? Mm-hmm. And, and additionally, is from the coaching side as well, which yeah. is, um, you know, not, you know, coaching with disabilities is obviously very different to coaching people without disabilities. So you've obviously worked with a coach who you've referenced who was involved in that organization. So it, it sounds like you've had a great start in that respect. Um, but to the to the layman, what would you say has been your experience with equipment and then just moving on to coaching as well? Yeah, I think with equipment, um, equipment can be a very difficult subject for people because, you know, they've got to go and get custom fitted, which can cost an awful lot of money. Like, you know, nowadays you've got drivers that are costing like 500 quid or something silly. Yeah. And if that, it's probably more nowadays. Um and obviously for one golf club, that's a lot of money. And mm. like going back to what I said before, if um, there is a person with a disability and their parents are solely having to um, base their income on that need for their child with their disability, whether it's, you know, medicines or disabilities and wheelchairs and um, carers and all sorts, you know, that, that can take a lot of their money and a lot of their time. So I think in terms of um, clubs, um, I think England Golf actually have um, a thing where you can apply to get, I think it's Ping Prodigy. Okay. Um, because I know a young lad um, with my condition, I think he's about 14 or 15, um, who's just applied for it and he's just got given the set. Um, I, think, I think it's the England Golf Trust. And, you know, people can apply for it if obviously they're struggling to but I think that is brilliant in itself because it shows that even if you haven't got the money you can still it's take golf available up. yeah and there's something out there for them to go to and get the clubs needed but in terms of coaching obviously um I've got a coach at the Warwickshire at the moment that I'm doing a college course for and he's um I think disabled certified so he's the like extra training to coach people with disabilities but obviously they're very um they're just you know they treat you with a lot of respect uh, which obviously they should do but also some coaches might not because they might think oh somebody with a disability no I can't be bothered I want to do somebody else who's an elite athlete or something like that and again it's going to like the club side of things it's whether you've got it in your heart if you actually want to provide that for them and that's different it's almost that needs to come from the top though as well you know whoever is is leading in those clubs they're the ones that got to be saying okay this is what we are this is who we're about this sorry this is who we're about this is what we're what we are um and then this is what we're going to provide this is this is how we're going to meet everybody's needs and it's going to be an equal club it's really got to come from the top it's all right you know like you've said you know it's got to be in the heart that they want to to coach that person but ultimately there's somebody there above them that is running that that whole show that needs to say no this is what we do um, and yeah. this is the, the values of our club this is how we operate and so I do think it's got to come from the top as well no I I, yeah. I think I think there's it's almost I think you could argue it's, I think it's got to come from not just the golf clubs themselves but I think that as, as we talked about with with Andy Little is that there has to be that earlier introduction in schools yeah because 
when you, when you look at it, you've, you know, again, reflecting on your own experience, what you've described is that you've gone to your golf club, you've been introduced to this and to this charity and, and your golfing journey has blossomed, you know, and you've obviously, you've obviously been able to contribute to all, to getting other people involved as well. But as a result of that, the golf club has then provided the facilities to, to sustain your involvement in that club. Whereas if the golf clubs don't have disabled people going to them or practice facilities, then there isn't really any need for them to do that. So it's almost like you need to make the introduction into golf earlier that facilitates the drive and growth. But as a result of that, the golf clubs would then need to, it's ultimately, do they need to react or be proactive in terms of, in terms of, in terms of setting, but you know what I mean? It's like, because if, if ultimately if, if disabled golfers aren't going to golf courses, I suppose the argument from them would be, especially when funds might be quite low, is that what what is the point? You know, yeah. and that sounds a very, very harsh thing to say, but I suppose that's the reality, isn't no, it? No, I do think that they need to be proactive. It needs to be something that they, you know, they sign up to, if you like, to say, yes, this is who we are and this is what we yeah. offer. And I do think then that more disabled golfers would come through because they know that it's not saying it's a law or something or a legal requirement is the wrong way to go about it. But if they know that those golf clubs have to commit to providing yeah. relevant facilities for them, then it's not a question of whether those facilities will be there. They should just be able to turn off and those facilities are there. And if those facilities yeah. can't be provided immediately, then there should be an action plan put into place to say, okay, you know, we do want you coming to our club. Um, what do we need to provide to support your journey? How do we, how do we go about this? And, you know, and whether that's like, you know, well, the, the toilet is actually upstairs and that's not something that I can access right now. Okay, well, we need to put a plan in place to make sure that we've got facilities on the ground floor. Or like you said about the buggies and the buggy paths. Okay, well, this is something we need to work towards. So I think it's about initially, yes, they need to be pro- proactive and they need to start themselves on that journey. But ultimately, they also need to listen to the people that are going there and they need to be providing based on individual needs. And I know that's quite difficult and that would provide lots of unique needs um that need to be met but you know overall that that person is a patron of that club ultimately yeah. and you know they're they might be a member of that club and they need to make sure that they're meeting the needs of their members regardless of disability or ability um do you agree yeah 100 yeah. it's like like you said it should be coming from the top and also the willingness for them to want to do it like doing it the owner of my club Hagley as soon as I met him from day one, he was like, right, what do I need? To, what do we, what do you need to be able to play here? Exactly. What do you want? Yeah. And it should be like that at all clubs. It shouldn't be you going to the owner saying, right, where's the buggy path? Why, why aren't there any toilets on the ground floor? Yeah. Why is the range upstairs? Why is this here? Why is that there? No disabled car parking spaces, so on. And it shouldn't be the person doing that. It should be the owner going to them and saying right have we got uh, is everything okay if you've got is everything at your needs is there anything that isn't please let me know or whatever and then it's you know and that puts a good reputation on that club as well because it's showing that they're really keen to um provide that support and that um you know the needs and the facilities for their members or visitors yeah, it, it almost sounds like there needs to be disabled representation within each golf club. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. 
Yeah. yeah. I just feel like this has started a really, really interesting conversation, hasn't yeah. it? Because I, I think, you know, again, I can only reference, you know, my own experiences when I go into clubs. And I, I'll be honest, I've not seen a disabled player. I've not, I've not seen a disabled yeah. club, certainly in the local area where I play. Yeah. Or, or otherwise. And I still it, think, and it, though, it, it begs... regardless, and I think like I mentioned earlier as well, you've still got this white middle-class male within yeah. the the golf clubs and not necessarily within the golf clubs but within the media that they're displaying so you go to the websites and yes they've got all these great photographs of you know the, the members there and they're playing in these competitions and things but where are the juniors for a start you don't see any pictures of the juniors on their, their websites and things where 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 are the disabled golfers what, you know how are they represented inclusivity where are their policies on that you know where are, are their their plans of what they've put into place um you know ultimately how are they offering equality for all golfers and i think that's important that you want to you know okay so i want to start golf i um you know i might have a disability and i want to find out what facilities are on offer you would automatically go to their websites or go to their social media pages and you would look for for what they're offering now if you're only seeing people that don't represent you straight away you're going to be put off about from that and then also if you start looking around and you're looking well okay well you know what are they providing here and you know how how do I fit into all of this and you're not finding those policies or you know those um those values if you like that commit to inclusivity within golf equality within golf then straight away you're going to be put off by that and you're going to come away thinking well actually maybe that's not the place that I want to go there's nobody there that is representing me there's nobody there that looks like me and you know I, i'm just going to go and have a look somewhere else kind of thing or like you said earlier it might be well that's my local club and that's where i wanted to play but i can't play there so i'm just not going to play and then yeah. you get put off and a lot of the times as well it's parents that are looking for local clubs for juniors you know how are the juniors being represented within all of that you know you go along like i come to isaac's golf course i haven't come when he's actually playing competitions you've obviously said there's other children there yeah. when I've been with Isaac I haven't seen any other children there and it, it's that it's like well yeah. how is that the right environment for him when I'm not seeing anything that represents him there but I, yeah. I also think there's again just speaking about that there's also a, a wider conversation to be had in terms of golf courses I and it's I, just getting wider and wider no, this conversation, no, but it, it? It, it, no, <laughs> I, it's something that you know as a brand you know and as, a, as an organization we want to be able to help spearhead that conversation but I think that you know, if we can try and contribute to, to the debate and, and help, you know, help sort of remove that that stigma and, and get people involved, then that's, that's that, you know... That's I only really want to produce thing. a whole load of criteria yeah. now that golf clubs need to meet. <laughs> no, but I, I think I just want to backtrack again slightly to a conversation that we... Well, earlier in the conversation, um, when you said the, the tease that you play off, because, again, th mm -hmm. thinking, thinking of the complexities that disabled sport brings in terms of the, you know, the, the, the level of disability as well as, um, and again, I referenced this with, with, with junior golfers that, you know, Isaac has the option to play off the whites, the yellows or the reds, and Isaac being Isaac plays off the yellows and I, nothing will change his mind and that's fine. But in terms of, again, again, similar, there's no junior tees at a lot of clubs and you're literally looking at a tee box. Would you say there would needed to be um, something done to um, to promote a disabled tea in the same way to you know to again make the make make the yeah. I suppose make golf less intimidating for certainly for for new beginners. I think into there's the also sport. got to be an equality about it as well, though. Like mm. you said before, there's some very very good disabled golfers out there. 
who mm. aren't, aren't being represented and you're not hearing as much about them. So I suppose like Isaac's quite competitive and says, no, I'm playing off the, the yellow tees. I suppose there's also a lot of disabled golfers out there that would also say the same. They would say, yeah. well, actually, I don't need particularly yeah. special requirements. I'm going to compete against you because I know I think, that I can compete against you. I think that's kind of the attitude a lot of people have. Um, so with regards to, I think if there was such thing as a disability tea, it would make them feel, I would say, quite... Um, not embarrassed but oh, that's yeah. do you know what I mean that yeah, like, I if I say for example the club said to me oh you have to play for disabled tea I'd be like hey you what I'm like no I want to play for the same tees as my competitors um but some people might find it really useful but I think because of the um the attitude people with disabilities have in terms of their own um backgrounds yeah. a lot of them are very like no I want to be on the same playing field as my competitors of course and they they probably if they wanted to probably just play off the junior tees that they've got yeah. there's a lot of clubs nowadays do have cadet tees I think um dotted in the middle of the fairway somewhere um so obviously if they are just literally starting golf and they don't think they could they wanted a little bit of an advantage and they could probably just play off that but I think just having a tee named specifically disabled tees of course yeah they probably find that quite. It's uh, more, yeah, it's no, not no, encouraging. I, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Probably, obviously, I like the sound of what you're saying, but it'd probably push them away because it would be like saying, "Oh, yeah, you've got a no, hundred percent." Yeah. I, I think. I think in hindsight, what, what it probably wasn't. Just thinking out loud, what I was trying to describe is is essentially you've got um, like when I've been to courses, there are green tees for juniors. So what yeah. I mean, what I mean is, it's not necessarily the, a labelling of a tea. So you, you'd have the, you've got whites, you've got reds, you've got yellows, you've got greens. It's a, it's a colour essentially, but it's, but it's something that's going to provide people with the option to make golf less intimidating. So instead oh, yeah, of yeah. instead of a five hundred yard par five hole, it, it might be two hundred and sixty yards. Say, yeah. do you know, do you know what I mean? And and I think it's it's that because I think that we we did a an Instagram live Q and A with Golf Access, and we do we know that they do a lot of really good work in getting people into the game. And in essence, they start people from the greens backwards, you know, so they can so they might feel that golf is really appealing to them, but to get a bag of clubs and just walk onto a course and see how long the holes are, it's obviously very intimidating at the same yeah. time. So it's in, in essence, what I'm trying to say is the sort of the, is, is providing, you know, a more formal tea structure yeah. that might encourage people not to be too put off by the, you know, by the length of the holes essentially. Well, yeah, I think with like juniors, especially a lot of them like just jump straight to the reds or jump yeah. straight to the whites or whatever. And it's like, you know and then as soon as they go onto that they think oh yeah this is just a doddle and as soon as they step on it they're like oh okay I've got to hit it 260 yards to make the fairway okay um <laughs> obviously it can be quite daunting so I think sure. if, if they've got the option to play on either the cadet tees or yeah, the ladies yeah. tees then obviously it's there for them to do it but I like I think Jade said I think if you've got if you kind of saying oh yeah with the disabled tees it's kind of like a little bit like oh okay yeah so yeah I think no, having the junior tees open to them to play on to start from or if they just want to play off them then fair enough they can do what they want but as, as long as they want that option there to do it 
definitely. In an ideal world, then, if we were to say, you know, I don't know how long things will take to really, you know, for the structure to be in place, to, you know, for golf to be to be as inclusive as it possible, but as, as it possibly can be. Um, what would be the first things that you would immediately look at to say, right, this is this is what a golf club needs to do to get it positioned right to ultimately um, be supporting disabled golf as much as it can? Yeah, I think um, going back to what I said before, a massive thing for me is buggy paths and making sure there are plenty of buggies accessible for people. Um, so having buggy paths and that's probably one of my main things I've always every person I spoke speak to say like if they've asked that question I say yeah you need buggy paths make sure you got buggy paths um, because then that opens a massive uh, area for people to play golf but as I said before they don't have to be disabled they can be seniors they can be senior sure. women because obviously seniors can struggle to get around 18 holes because it's not just a two minute walk to the shop it's four hours on a course so yeah it's you know a long time to be walking around so obviously um but yeah i think for that and also making sure that the the staff at clubs are very um accepting because there's some times where i've been to a club in particular and the staff have been absolutely horrible in terms of rude uh not wanting to help and you know, not wanting to try and provide those things. And obviously that's, I've never wanted to go to that club again. So it's, it's kind of things like that. So making sure your owners and your staff who are working there are providing that um, accessibility for the visitors and the members that they've got and making sure that they treat them with respect as if they treat their, a family relative. Yeah, it comes from the top, doesn't it? It's all yeah. of those things that should be implemented as part of that that business ultimately. Yeah, I, th yeah. I think that there's there's a there's a lot of synergies because I think that when we again just referencing back to the conversation that we had with Andy Little is that when we were talking about golf in schools, it's almost like if there isn't anybody with a golfing experience in a school, then they can't start that conversation. And I suppose yeah. in the same way with the golf club, if you haven't got access, you know, if you haven't got experience in working within a disabled environment or with, you know, with people with disabilities, then you might not know where to start. And it's almost like there needs to be that, you know, that it needs to come from a real, you know, a real experience and knowledge base in order to be able to spearhead that, yeah. you know, the, um, the yeah. you know, the strategy to put things in place that, you know, that, that promotes inclusivity across, across all levels. I think like that, I think, you know, whether in the future it is England Golf that do it or the RNA, you know, obviously those, two organisations are massive in themselves. Like England yeah. Golf's a government body of amateur golf in England. And so obviously you can't get much bigger in terms of the representation of golf. So obviously if England Golf did set out a criteria to all clubs saying that you've got to have this to make your club friendly for people, for seniors and people with a disability, then obviously that's um, something that I think really needs to be done in yeah. terms of if England Golf do, can do that, that obviously, obviously be really good because obviously there's um loads of golf clubs around england but you could go to one golf club it'd be absolutely brilliant with facilities and then go to the other they haven't got a single buggy at their club so yeah. it's just things like that and i think england golf set out that criteria saying yeah you need this you need that you need to do this you need to do that and if you haven't you need to do it if you can't afford it then we can fund it for you and yeah. just things like that it will make a massive difference i think 